Sport Tracks on SFM with John Gerica. With John Gerica. Saturdays, 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. You're with SAFM. Let's chat running. Ilana Mayer joins us now. Ilana, thank you very much for joining us. Hi. Good evening. How are you? No, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, life has changed quite dramatically, but, <laughs> yes. um, you know, all good and healthy. I asked the same question now. You know, when, when during lockdown, I'm okay. I sit in front of the TV and eat chips. That's what I do. <laughs> what, what, is, what does a runner do Monday to Friday? You know, um, so I think, you know, I've, um, at least I've gone past, you know, being a, a runner as a profession, yeah. um, you know, so, so nowadays I run to, you know, to, to stay fit and healthy and I think be better for society. Um, so, um, but, you know, obviously it, um, you know, it's, things have changed over the last two months um, for us, for all of us. Um, but, um, you know, with modern technology, I think you at least manage to, you know, to work from home. Mm. Um, you know, my kids are, um, you know, in class, um, you know, from home. Um, you know, so you get a c- couple of ex- extra tasks. Um, you know, obviously, it's um, great that we have got more time to run again. Um, yeah, so, so in general, all good. You're very involved in contract sourcing and negotiations. How is that looking during these times for athletes? You know, so um, you know, so obviously my two involvements. I've got a, a academy in Eurocad, um, you know, that's looking after young, talented South African, especially female athletes. Um, you know, it's been a really tough time, I think, for sportsmen, sportswomen. Um, you know, like so many other industries. Um, um, you know, there has been no track season. Um, you know, athletes, um, you know, could not train. So I think from a, um, basically, you know, the whole um, industry came to a halt. Um, many of the events have been cancelled or postponed. Um, you know, so it it really has been a tough, um, I think, a tough um, season. You know, and then obviously, especially with the Olympics being um, you know, moved that um, Tokyo 2020 mm. will that will now be in, uh, moved to 2021. Um, you know, so yeah, um, big changes. And then obviously, you know, I think my other involvement is with the Sunlam Cape Town Marathon. Um, you know, which is on the 18th April this year, uh, 18th of October this year. And um, you know, we have um, introduced the. Um, Sunlump Cape Town Marathon virtual marathon to ensure that, you know, the runners will have a marathon to run. We we spoke about that last week with the Western Province Athletics. It's such a good idea that you can run the marathon anywhere in the world. You know, absolutely. I think in, you know, during this um, very uncertain times, um, we've just seen like races have been cancelled all over the world. Mm. And, um, you know, runners want certainty. You know, everybody wants to... You know, in this uncertain time, you don't know what's going to happen down the line. You know, so we've just, I think, um, you know, came up with, um, you know, some innovative um, look at the Sunlam Cape Town Marathon, um, you know, and creating the virtual race, um, having a, a app that will allow runners from all over the world the opportunity to, you know, to run the Cape Town Marathon. Um, so... You know, so so we want to, you know, I think for the, the 
the, the elite athletes, for the runners, um, for the fans. You know, we want to create an opportunity um, to still run the race. It will happen. Um, and then also the motivation and inspiration to, you know, to go out there and to prepare for it. I want to talk about the moving of a games. As somebody that's been to an Olympic Games, obviously, uh, and we were talking about this with commentators, saying... You must work your training to the second that that gun goes off. You, you're that prepared for it. Mm. When something gets moved now a year later and you don't have the qualifying, you don't have everything, how does that affect you, not only physically but mentally as well? No, I think, you know, obviously, it, um, you know, that is, you know, it's a big, not only physical test now anymore, it's also a mental test. And, um, you know, I think it also reminds me a little bit of, you know, going back, all the way back to '92, um, you know, it was such a, it was such uncertain times for us as South African athletes, you know, um, and only a couple of months before the Olympics, we got the go ahead that we will go to the games, um, you know. So it was a real roller coaster road, um, you know, going to the '92 Olympics for myself, um, you know. And I remember, um, you know, months before the Olympics, I was sitting in Europe, and I, you know, got some faxes that. that said, no, the Olympics is off for South Africans, mm. you know, because of political unrest in South Africa. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, that is the ultimate test. You know, things change and then you have to adapt. And, um, you know, now, you know, all the athletes around the world are all in the same position. And it's going to depend on, you know, I think who from a mental um, capacity will handle it. And, um, you know, some athletes you know, will really be thrown with, you know, all the changes. Um, but you will have to adapt or die. And um, and I think, you know, it's it's hard because athletes, you know, you know, they've been training for years mm. for for Tokyo 2020, you know, and, and it's not happening this year. Um, but, you know, I, I also know that, you know, you, um, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, athletes with, character athletes that, that know um, that, you know, training is, you know, it is a roller coaster. Um, you know, it's, um, it is every, every race, every season, it's unto, into the unknown. And I think, um, you know, that is, um, you know, a, a lot of the characters will be tested, um, you know, and the real winners will, you know, surface in 20, you know, in the Olympics. Mm. I, I guess you know we 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 forget they're human beings, but they're also that's what athletes do, right? They wake up every morning and you go for a run, or you go training, or you eat, and then you go back to sleep. That's that's their job these days, right? Yes, um, you know I think if you look, um, I think um, uh, you know uh, taking the Olympics in the broad um, sense, I think you know these obviously um, sports that's totally professional, mm-hmm. um, but then you still. You know, you get sports competing at the Olympics. That's totally amateur. You know, that where people going to the Olympics, you know, still hold a full-time job. And, um, you know, so um, it it really is um, a variety of um, a sort of level of, um, you know, ranging all the way from amateurs to, like, full-time professionals. Um, but the beauty is that, you know, all of them, you know, have been training, you know, for years to, mm-hmm. to go to the Olympics.
Okay, I want to talk about Alana Mayer for a little while, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, Albertina in the Southern Cape. You're a Southern Cape girl. When did you discover running as a thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up, um, you know, on a farm five kilometers outside Albertina. Um, that's, um, that's, I just want to say there's nothing there, right? No, you know, Albertina is a fantastic place. <laughs> it's a really tiny, uh, you know, little town. Um, but, you know, from a town without a, you know, like a proper athletics track or golf course, you know, we managed to produce a Louis Oosthuizen, um, you know, so, so Albertina is an absolute fantastic place, no. um, you know, so, but, you know, grew up on a farm mm. and um, sort of my initial, um, my first love was gymnastics, you know, mm-hmm. so when I was little, Nadia Comaneci was, um, you know, was uh, winning multiple goals, scoring the first perfect 10. And, you know, and that was my first dream was to, you know, to become a gymnast. Um, But, you know, because of, um, you know, the, you know, Albertina is really a tiny place. We were 180 kids um, from SIP A to matric those years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so the balance beam wasn't a really big thing, (laughs) you know. So um, my gymnastics basically peaked in the lounge doing flick flacks over the furniture <laughs> you know so so that never really was an option um and then you know i did a they had a fun run at our school and um you know i decided to sort of start running start preparing for this fun run and um i did pretty well and i think i just fell in love with running from the very first moment um you know it's just like i i really love the fact that you could you know, I could decide myself how far I want to run, how mm. fast I want to run, um, and really own the full experience. Um, you know, so basically started as a youngster at the age of nine or ten. Um, and I think many, many years later, still really passionate about it. <laughs> when did you know the distance that you run? When is that decision made as a professional, well, as a runner? You know, so initially I started, um, you know, running, you know, I ran that sun run and then I started running cross country. Um, and then at the age of 13, um, our neighbor in Albertina told me about, um, you know, this race in Bredasdor, um, the foot of Africa. Um, you know, and I didn't really know, uh, you know, like that. I didn't really have the coach at that stage. Um, you know, so, um, I entered for the, um, Foot of Africa um, half marathon in Bredasdorp. So, you know, so my dad took me to run the race, um, and um, I, you know, I remember it was still so it was a Curry Cup final, <laughs> um, and my dad said, "No, you will take me. I was just, you know, I was just really want to watch the rugby school. So, yeah. you know, I was not, yeah, I was just not take it the whole day. <laughs> so, you know, and somehow, you know, um, the race started in Napier and. Um, you know, when I got to Bredasdorp, 21 kilometers later, and nobody, you know, nobody passed me. So I went on to to win my first half marathon at the age of 13. Um, Full-fledged. Um, full you went running in the, in the young girls category. Full-fledged. <laughs> no, like a, a, a full-fledged race. Oh. So, um, um, but then, you know, um, like, you know, my parents got some calls and people were saying, no, I must not run, you know, that long distances as, you know, as a young athlete, mm. um, you know, and then, you know, moved um, to Robertson High School um, the very next year and started training with Peter, uh, with Charles Farson, um, 
you know, he was my school coach and, you know, and like obviously, you know, like really um, put the right foundation in place. You know, I moved from, you know, those long distances, um, focusing on track running, started running 5,900, 3,000 and, you know, only you know, much later, moved up to the 10,000 meters, half marathon and marathon distance. Okay. Uh, when did you know the 10Ks was your 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 thing? You know, so, so I think, um, you know, like even, you know, since that, like very early half marathon, yeah. you know, I sort of sense that, you know, the longer, uh, the better. Um, you know, but then, you know, with a, a fantastic school coach, um, Charlie Forrest, and, um, you know, he just, you know, like really guided me in the right direction and saying that, you know, if I want to be a good athlete, you know, I have to um, first run the shorter distances. Um, but I was always tending, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, the longer distances. It, it felt like more comfortable, um, you know. So I, from, from the very start, I knew that, um, you know, the, the 10K, um, half marathon and ultimately marathon was the distances I really wanted to concentrate on. All right, let's talk about you versus Zola Bud. Was it competitive? Were, were you enemies or did you get along? Yeah, you know, I think absolutely. I think, you know, um, when, you know, I uh, basically, the first year I went to the um, SA Championships, um, you know, I was running down Zola Bud, you know, so as a 14 year <laughs> Peter Gainzola and you know even though I was a pretty decent decent athlete um, you know Zola was just like you know world class athlete from from so young um, you know so she beat me by big margins um, you know in uh, you know in the early years um, but you know I think I also um, had very personal goals and you know even though I um, you know, Zola beat me by long distances. You know, I still kept on improving because I focused on, you know, achieving my own personal best times. Mm. And, um, you know, every year I I improved. And, um, you know, so it was um, fantastic when many, many, many years later I managed to, you know, to beat Zola. <laughs> so she was obviously, she was a great, um, I think, a great competitor, uh, competitor, um, but also an inspiration and a motivation. You know, I always wanted to train harder, to be more competitive, and, um, you know, it took a long time. But ultimately, I managed to beat Zola. Mm. Chatting to Ilana Mayer, uh, Ilana Mayer OIS, which we're going to talk about in a little while. If you have questions or comments for her, let us know. SMS 41391. Just a quick WhatsApp here, Ilana. It says, yeah, I remember when Ilana Mayer ran in the Olympics in 92. My dad and I were camping in Sitara Rest Camp in the Kruger Park. We listened to the car radio with fellow campers. We were very proud South Africans. Uh, did you realize you were making history when you when you walked onto that track? You know, um, absolutely, I think not. Um, you know, the moment, um, you know, it was such a, um, it, you know, it, it took such a long time to get there. You know, I think missing out on 84, 88 Olympics yeah. and then, you know, ultimately, you know, making it into the 92 Olympics, you know, it was, you know, it was a big deal for me. Um, but I never realized sort of how, how big the race will ultimately be. And, um, you know, till today, you know, like people, like this uh, person was watching it in Satara. Yeah. Um, you know, people stop me and they say that's where they will win. 
you know, when the race was on, and you know, it it um it still uh, you know surprises me how you know how how many people you know watched the race and remembered the race, and um, you know, certainly for me, um, you know, over a very long career, that was definitely the I think the emotional highlight. Mm. Did you know you would be a contender? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, you know, I um I was ho- I was really hoping that um, you know, since the moment um Mandela came out of prison, um, you know, I was hoping that that will change the politics in South Africa so that we will get the opportunity to compete. Mm. And you know, already then I have set my sights on you know, I wanted to compete against the best athletes in the world. And even though I could not physically, you know, compete in races, you know, outside South Africa against um, the top runners of the world, you know, I started competing against runners in terms of time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I wanted to run faster times than, you know, because a track in South Africa and a track, um, you know, all over the world mm. is 400 meters. Mm. So, you know, so, and, um, and that really um, helped me to, you know, to raise my game. And um, so when 92 came, I was pretty prepared. Um, you know, that earlier that year, I ran the fastest 3,000 in the world. And, um, you know, I knew that, you know, I, um, I'm i going to have the opportunity to race the best athletes in the mm-hmm. world. And, you know, and, and I wanted to, you know, to come out on top. I've been lucky enough to be at that stadium, but it was a, a cold day in Barcelona. It really is a, a, a monument to athletics. There's the uh, there's the, the famous old building going down the hill. It's on top of a hill, yeah. on top of a mountain. The view from from the swimming pool is the famous one. Yes. Do you have those memories as well of being in the sporting yeah. complex? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, so for me, it was just like the whole setup was just like, Unbelievable! I think you know the you know uh, you know going up to the stadium, you know on the top of Montjuic, mm. um, you know uh, it was just like the whole setting, the you know all those um, it had like fountains, classical music playing, um, <laughs> you know so it was really uh, you know like an unbelievable um, you know just setup. Um, mm. And the culture, and um, so Barcelona was really special. You know, I had the privilege to to go to Atlanta and then to Sydney. And um, you know, even though all the different ones had very different um, sort of feelings, and um, you know, Atlanta was very different, and then obviously also um, um, Sydney. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, I think Barcelona, um, you know, like definitely the cl- closest to my heart. Uh, I want to talk this for this 15-kilometer road running African record. You held that for, and I'm trying to do the maths. Just was it 17 years that you said in Cape Town? Yes, you what? know, and, and that was that was absolutely uh, that was just prior to um, South Africans, um, you know, being accepted back into the international arena, and um, you know, and I was just so ready and so hungry at that stage mm. that. Um, you know, I can I can just remember, um, you know, how fearless I went into that <laughs> race, and and just you know, I ran, I think the first three kilometers almost uh, like, um, you know, under nine minutes. Um, so uh, because I think there was a level of frustration and a level of um, you know realization that um, you know we so we so close to 
you know, to having the opportunity to compete internationally, but we're still not there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, so, so that day, every, everything ticked and, you know, and I, I, I ran a, you know, world best time in, in South Africa. And, you know, that record stood for many, many years. Mm. Uh, yeah, you were eventually in 2008. Uh, Turinesh de Bat, uh, sorry, the, the, the second time it was beaten was a world record. So that's like you were, you were what, only 30 seconds off the current world record. Yeah. Which is, which is quite something back in, when was it, 1991? It was a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was 1991, long, long ago. It, yeah, it doesn't seem like such a long time ago, but 91 is a long time ago when you come to athletics. Let's yeah, talk, actually, let's talk about half marathon world champs. All right. World records in 91, 97, 98, and 1999. Uh, when you talk about a long time, but eight years from the first to the last, how did you manage to keep going? You know, I think, you know, obviously, um, sort of the initial years, um, I, um, you know, it, it, it was still prior to South Africans, you know, being accepted back into the international arena. Mm. So, you know, so... Um, there was a strong drive to become an international athlete. Um, you know, so I already, you know, um, had, you know, some good years of running behind me when, you know, when in 92 we got the opportunity to, you know, to represent South Africa internationally. So, you know, so I was already 25, um, right. you know, where I did qualify for, you know, for two Olympics prior to that. Um, you know, but then I think, you know, there was definitely a new, um, you know, uh, like a new motivation, um, you know, the moment that we got accepted back into the international arena. And, you know, the whole opportunity of, you know, racing internationally, you know, being able to race against the best athletes in the world, going to the Olympics, going to the world championships, um, you know, so so that was like really almost the, the um like a, a second phase of my career um the uh, the opportunity to 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 run abroad to run um you know i had the wonderful opportunity to race in japan like 19 times um so and i think that um you know i love traveling um um the adventure the so it was all a combination i think the moment when we got accepted back into the international arena. It was like a whole new adventure that started for me. Um, you know, and I could pick races from all over the world that I could, you know, could race. And by that time, you know, you know, I was really, um, even though I ran world cross country, um, I think the my favourite events, you know, was definitely the the ten thousand and mm. the half marathon. I just have to mention that while all this training is going on and, and you weren't sure whether you'd ever be on the international field, you had a BCom, you got a BCom honors in higher education, uh, higher education diploma. You, you didn't just run. You were living a life at the same time as you were trying to become a world athlete, weren't you? Yes. You know, so I, I think, um, you know, I think it was on the one hand, you know, I, you know, since a very young age, you know, I wanted to run. I knew I wanted to run. I wanted to you know, run fast, and um, you know, so I was, I was very. That side of my life was very clear, and um, you know, it. I had no doubt that you know I wanted to to run, <laughs> um, but on the other hand, I also, you know, wanted to get my qualification, and um, and I think then, 
um, you know, while I was studying, you know, like I was almost like, you know, I was hoping that we will get the chance to mm. compete internationally. And I was also scared that, you know, the moment that you step into, you know, like into, you know, um, a professional career that, um, that, you know, I will not be able to, you know, to, to be an athlete at mm. the same level, mm. you know, so, uh, and I think that, you know, so I just kept on studying. <laughs> so I thought like, you know, the, you know, like uh, the student life, um, being a student, um, you know, and pursuing a running career, you know, that worked pretty well. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, and then obviously the moment that it, um, you know, so I actually went on from, you know, from my honors degree and I started my master's. Um, but the moment that um, the, athletics arena, international athletics arena opened up for us, um, you know, I, I, I just took the cap um, and I knew, you know, as an athlete, you've got so many years and I didn't want to miss out on any of the years that I could comp- compete um, abroad. Let's talk about your your order of Ikamanga. That must have been awesome. You're a silver medalist in Ikamanga, along with Hashim Amla. He's in there. Willie Bester, Johnny Clegg, Hester Clutter, yeah. uh, Basil Dollar. I mean, these names are amazing. To be in that list, what's that feel like? No, that's you know absolutely you know that's one of those things that's just a you know great honour. I think you know it's definitely something you know that little girl from Albania <laughs> never thought that. Um, you know, our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, will, you know, um, I will get a award from him. And, um, you know, so it's, you know, I think it, it also makes you realize that, you know, there is a responsibility, um, you know, to, you know, to pass on, um, to pay forward. Um, and, um, you know, the athletics afforded me an incredible life. Um, you know, I traveled the world, I'm meeting you know, amazing people. And, you know, I, I pursue a passion. Um, so, you know, so opportunities like that, you know, like truly also like make me realize that, you know, I do have a responsibility to pass it on. And, you know, through my academy, you know, hopefully one day I'll look back and, you know, and, and we'll see that, you know, many young female athletes have pursued a dream, um, you know, achieved their potential, you know, and, um, you know, and did the same. Unfortunately, I was looking for your website, and it's only got the Wayback Machine, the one that archives the internet. You were involved in the JAG Sports Foundation, which is great. What are the charities? What are the? Uh, and you mentioned earlier these nonprofits that you're working with yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So you know, so um, when I retired from running um, for seven years, I headed up the JAG Foundation. You know, which implemented um, sport for social change programs in the communities. You know, running. Um, bicycle, riding, rugby, different sporting programs, but really with a focus on, you know, using the sport for development. Um, And, um, you know, then um, after that, in 2013, I launched my own academy, Enduro Cat, which is a, you know, endurance academy that focuses on the development of, you know, of our female athletes, Mm -hmm. um, but um, not only from a, from an athletic side, but, you know, to also include a career development side, because I think often, you know, young, um, you know, when you're young, you think your, you know, your sporting career is going to last forever. Um, (laughs) But, um, but but to ensure that athletes, you know, do use the time, you know, to also get a qualification so that they really are geared for success, um, 
you know, in the long term. It seems almost as if universities are, instead of, you know, being an athlete who studies, it's almost like they're taking students and making them athletes now. What, what were the, you know, the, the varsity rugby, varsity cricket, all the varsity things. It seems mm. as if that's a good way to go. You're not, you have to be good at varsity as well as athletics now. For example. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, um, you know, to, um, I think, you know, many years ago when I was a student, um, you know, I think the, um, uh, there was, um, it was a much more lenient approach. Um, mm. You know, you could study, um, you know, I know a lot of sportsmen that studied for many years to, <laughs> to get a degree. You know, nowadays it's much more tougher. You know, if you don't pass, you have to go. So, you know, so if you want to do both, you really need to be, um, you know, you need to be a strong student and a strong athlete. Um, and um, and I do think it's it's much harder the pressure, you know, to to perform from a um, from a university perspective as well as um, professional athlete perspective. Um, you know, is, is tough. Um, but you know, you you see, you know, like athletes do it. Um, and I also I always encourage youngsters because. You know, you, you very seldom see world beaters at the age of 18, 19. You know, if you look, even if you look at a white funny cat, you know, mm-hmm. it was at 24 that he, you know, um, broke the world record, you know, came back with gold. Um, so, so you need the years to invest in to get mm-hmm. to, to the top. And, you know, and, and that's also the time that you can actually get a academic qualification. Um, you know, so and then you can move into a phase where you may be a professional athlete for for some years, but then you have a qualification that you um, you know that you can have a, a career beyond sport that mm. will um, ensure success. Chatting to Ilana Mayer, wrapping up the conversation with uh, sorry, I got to get the title right. Ilana Mayer, uh, it's gone away now. I, what's it? I, I, Ilana Fansail Mayer, IOC. <laughs> Order, OIC is officially the, the, the way, OI, well, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, Ilana it Fancel, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, on, on your Twitter, on your Twitter is interesting. You're Ilana Fancel Mayer, but your Twitter is at Ilana Mayer. Is, is that just because you don't know how to change it? Yeah, it's, at, no, well, it's, <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Okay, uh, let's talk about what you're doing. Obviously, during lockdown, how are you? How are you staying fit? And are you helping other people? Yes, um, you know. So um, we, um, you know, during lockdown, I think the um, one of the most important things for me is always, you know, like um, um, an active um, and healthy. You know, to be active and healthy um, is, you know, I think is, is a great priority for me. Mm. You know, so obviously during, you know, especially, you know, the first phase of lockdown, um, you know, how do you incorporate that into your thinking? How can you do it differently, but still, you know, get the energy and the good, um, you know, benefits from, you know, from staying fit and staying active, you know, even with the limitations, um, you know, so it was important for me to, to try and work something out that, um, you know, that I could still do most days, um, um, not, you know, obviously the, the, you know, the, we had to, um, do it in limited space, um, but it was still important for me to, you know, to, to get out and to do something. Um, you know, so also being a mother of two 
um, you know, primary school children, you know, the, you know, life has changed a bit. So all of a sudden you have to do the domestic work. You, you're a teacher. Um, I've still got two jobs, um, <laughs> you know, plus a husband. So all of a sudden, um, you know, the day got pretty full. Um, but I think, um, now, you know, with the, um, opportunity to move around between, um, six and nine, mm. um, you know, um, we've adapted and make sure that we can use, you know, that time. And just, I think the, the, there's a lot of amazing things that we've also learned about ourselves mm. and, you know, as society again, you know, during these times. And it's fantastic to see that, um, you know, between six and nine, people move around, you see happy, friendly faces, people that enjoy, you know, the outside, the environment. Um, mm. You know, we normally, people will be in a gym. Or in a and, car going to work. Yeah, on a car going yeah. to work. Um, you know, so, and, you know, uh, like, you know, being being healthy, you know, you need some, some exercise. And I think it's, you know, it needs to be a, be a priority always. Okay, now, Ilana Mayer, um, earlier in the show, I spoke to Marita Smith. She is going to be running the comrades in her, uh, in her driveway, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and I asked her what's, question she would ask Ilana Mayer alright because here's a female yeah. athlete she's run yeah. com- she's a very good comrades runner by the way eight and a half mm-hmm. hour comrades so just, okay, well, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so I asked her what one question would you like to ask Ilana Mayer and she said will Ilana Mayer coach her will Ilana Mayer coach her yes you know so for um, you know so at this stage you know I've got an academy I'm not a coach <laughs> yes. um, I've got coaches in you know in my program um you know, so, um, um, but, you know, for coaching advice, I'm always available. She can pop me a, you know, we've got a Facebook page, EnduroCAD, if Endurance Academy EnduroCAD, yeah. you know, pop me a, a question. I'm happy to give advice. And I'm sure on the Twitters as well. Yeah, just looking, you're very, very busy on the Twitter. So you got stuff there. <laughs> Ilana, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. And I'm sure you'll want to go to sleep because you only got three hours of training to fit into it. <laughs> Thank you so much. All the best. Ilana Mayer, legend in SA running, joining us here on SAFM.